Section 24 of Through Fairy Halls of My Book House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Candace Delic, Dallas, Texas. Through Fairy Halls of My Book House. Edited by Olive Bapre Miller. The Story of a Beaver by William Davenport Holbert. A broad, flat tail came down on the water with a whack that sent the echoes flying back and forth across the pond, and its owner ducked his head, arched his back, and dived to the bottom. It was a very curious tail, for besides being so oddly paddle-shaped, it was covered with what looked like scales, but were really sections of hard, horny, blackish-gray skin. Except its owner's relations, there was no one else in all the world who had one like it. But the strangest thing about it was the many different ways in which he used it. Just now it was his rudder, steering him as he swam under water, and a very good rudder, too. In a moment his little brown head reappeared, and he and his brothers and sisters went chasing each other round and round the pond ducking and diving and splashing raising such a commotion that they sent the ripples washing all along the grassy shores and having the jolliest kind of time it isn't the usual thing for young beavers to be out in broad daylight but all this happened in the good old days before the railways came when there were fewer men in northern Michigan than there are now. When the youngsters wanted a change, they climbed up onto a log and nudged and hunched each other, poking their noses into one another's fat little sides and each trying to shove his brother or sister back into the water. By and by they scrambled out on the bank, and then, when their fur had dripped a little, they set to work to comb it. Up they sat on their hind legs and tails. The tail was a stool now, you see, and scratched their heads and shoulders with the long brown claws of their small, black, hairy hands. Then the hind feet came up one at a time and combed and stroked their sides till the moisture was gone and the fur was soft and smooth and glossy as velvet. After that they had to have another romp, they were not half as graceful on land as they had been in the water. In fact, they were not graceful at all, and the way they stood around on their hind legs and shuffled and pranced and wheeled like baby hippopotami and slapped the ground with their tails was one of the funniest sights in the heart of the woods. And the funniest and liveliest of them all was the one who owned that tail. He was the one whom I shall call the beaver, with a big B. But even young beavers will sometimes grow tired of play, and at last they all lay down on the grass in the warm, quiet sunshine of the autumn afternoon. The wind had gone to sleep, the pond glittered like steel in its bed of grassy beaver meadow, the friendly wood stood guard all around, and it was a very good time for five furry little babies to take a nap. 
the city in which the beaver was born was a very old one and may have been the oldest in north america nobody knows when the beavers first began to build the dam that stretched across the stream and backed the water up until it spread out across the valley in a broad quiet pond it was probably centuries ago and for all we can tell it may have been thousands of years back in the past family after family of beavers had worked on that dam building it a little higher and a little higher a little longer and a little longer year after year and raising the round domes of their houses as the pond rose around them their city streets like those of venice were mostly of water and they themselves were navigators from their earliest youth and took to the water as naturally as ducks or englishmen they were lumbermen too and when the timber was all out from along the shores of the pond they dug canals across the low level marshy ground back to the higher land where the birch and the poplar still grow and floated the branches and the smaller logs down the waterways to the pond in this way they stored up a supply of food for winter for the beaver's favorite meal is made of tender branches and the bark of trees and there were land roads as well as canals for here and there narrow trails crossed the swamp showing where one family after another of busy workers had passed back and forth between the felled trees and the water's edge streets canals public works dwellings lumbering rich stores laid up for the winter what more do you want to make a city even if the houses are few in number and the population somewhat smaller than that of london or new york the first year of our beaver's life was an easy one especially the winter when there was little for anyone to do except to eat to sleep and now and then to fish for the roots of the yellow water lily in the soft mud at the bottom of the pond during that season not only was he increasing in size and weight but he was storing up strength for the work that lay before him it would take much muscle to force those long yellow teeth of his through the hard tough flesh of the maple or the birch or the poplar it would take vigor and push to roll the heavy billets of wood over the grass tufts to the edge of the water so it was well for the youngster that for a time he had nothing to do but grow but spring came at last though the beaver had many and many a fine romp with his brothers and sisters still he began to learn to be a little useful in the world and to do the sort of things that his father and mother did now on a dark autumn night behold the young beaver toiling with might and main his parents have felled a tree and it is his business to help them cut up the best portions and carry them home he gnaws off a small branch seizes the butt end between his teeth swings it over his shoulder and makes for the water keeping his head twisted around to the right or left so that the end of the branch may trail on the ground behind him sometimes he even rises on his hind legs and walks almost upright with his broad strong tail for a prop to keep him from tipping over backward if his load happens to catch on something 
arrived at the canal or at the edge of the pond he jumps in and swims for town still carrying the branch over his shoulder and finally leaves it on the growing pile in front of his father's lodge or perhaps the stick is too large and too heavy to be carried in such a way in that case it must be cut into short billets and rolled to the water's edge this means he must push with all his might and there are so many many grass tufts and little hillocks in the way sometimes the billet rolls down into a hollow and then it is very hard to get it out again he works like a beaver and pushes and shoves and toils with tremendous energy but i am afraid that more than once choice stick never reaches the water these were his first tasks later on he learned to fell trees himself standing up on his hind legs and tail with his hands braced against the trunk he would hold his head sidewise open his mouth wide set his teeth against the bark and bring his jaws together with a savage nip that left a deep gash in the side of the tree a second nip deepened the gash and gave it more of a downward slant and two or three more carried it still farther into the tough wood then he would choose a new spot a little farther down and start a second gash which was made to slant up towards the first and when he thought they were both deep enough he would set his jaw firmly in the wood between them and pull and jerk and twist at it until he had wrenched out a chip a chip perhaps two inches long and from an eighth to a quarter of an inch thick he would make bigger ones when he grew to be bigger himself but you mustn't expect too much at first chip after chip was torn out in this way and gradually he would work completely around the tree then the groove was made deeper and after a while it would have to be broadened so that he could get his head farther into it he seemed to think it was of immense importance to get the job done as quickly as possible for he worked away with tremendous energy as if felling the tree was the only thing in the world that was worth doing once in a while he would pause for a moment to feel of it with his hands and to glance up at the top to see whether it was getting ready to fall several times he stopped long enough to take a refreshing dip in the pond but he always hurried back and pitched in again harder than ever in fact sometimes he went at it so impetuously that he slipped and rolled over on his back little by little he dug away the tree's flesh until there was nothing left but its heart at last it began to sway and crash the beaver jumped aside to get out of the way hundreds and hundreds of small tender branches and delicious little twigs and buds came crashing down where he could cut them off and eat them or carry them away at his leisure and so all the beavers in the city labored and their labor brought its rich reward everything was busy and contented and life was decidedly worth living end of section twenty four Recording by Candace Stellick, Dallas, Texas.